0: Welcome to Bible Studies for Life for Adults, our weekly podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, and my co-host is Chris Johnson. Chris, it is always good a podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Lynn. Good to see you. Looking forward to the conversation that we'll have today.
0: Yes, we're going to have a good conversation. And one reason it's going to be a good conversation is because of our guest. We have uh, with us Brandon Hiltabidel. Brandon serves as the Director of Discipleship at LifeWay. So to put it in another way, for those of you who are not familiar with how LifeWay works, Brandon is my boss. Brandon is Chris's boss. So we are very glad, Brandon, you've joined us for this podcast. So,
2: so happy to be here. So happy that I got picked for this passage. Really pumped.
1: Well, good. Well, we are starting a new study today. It is called All In. And uh, the focus of this, uh, the whole unit will be uh, about what we need to do as as disciples, as believers, uh, to be committed followers of Jesus. Uh, seeking God and, and being in a relationship with Jesus, it requires a commitment. Throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, he invited his disciples to commit and to count the cost. So we will be looking at some of those kind of conversations throughout this study. Uh, we'll be looking at some things that are important for believers to be committed to to develop and to grow in their relationships with 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 god with jesus but uh, we want to begin today by talking about god's commitment to us how he started all of this going so commitment's a big deal it's it's an important word uh you you guys know that there are a lot of people who have commitment issues in our culture today
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, they sure do you
1: guys indicated that um commitment has not been a big deal to you. Those big decisions about marriage and those kind of things uh, like being married. We're ready to do that at the right time. Uh, but Brandon, we talked early on there, there've been other things in our lives where we weren't as we sure. were so committed to. Right.
2: Yeah. In, in the, in the big stuff, I would say, I don't, I've not felt like I had a commitment problem, but when I drilled down a little further, like I couldn't quit high school football fast enough. <laughs> Once I, Once people went from let's have fun running the ball around to let's try to win. And once the coaches stopped being nice and started yelling, it just was not for me. And I literally I quit my high school football team uh, because I was too bad at it to be taken to that seriously. But yeah, that, I have certainly caved on some commitments in the past.
1: So I played one year of high school football and hated it. I hated everything about it. I hated the equipment. Painful. I hated the smell. I hated the helmet. I was so ready for that to be over with.
0: Now, Chris, I'll tell you, that surprises me. You just strike me as someone who would play high school football.
2: <laughs> I just don't I can... know if a 17 year old should ever be sore. And the way <laughs> I felt the day after games, <laughs> it's like, this is brutal. Wow. Well, one of the
1: things that we that we talk about with our kids is, you know, once you once you just, once you commit to doing something, you need sure. to follow through. So that was our rules. If you joined a club, if you joined a, a team, you, know, you were in it for the year. You couldn't just all of a sudden decide in the middle of it, I'm not doing this anymore. And um, I, I think that that's uh, uh, comes into play. um, in this conversation as well
0: well and it is an issue that uh, in our culture that people aren't as committed we can certainly talk about marriage if and the frequency of divorce but there's other areas where we just show a lack of commitment but what we see in this study as we jump into uh, talking about christ's commitment is how fully committed christ was to us that even at our worst christ was fully committed to love us and to bring us to god yeah That's good stuff. So to get there, we're going to be in a passage, uh, a wonderful, wonderful passage, which is Romans 5, and we're going to begin in verses 6 through 8. Just looking at what for many of us will be a familiar passage just to see that Christ proved he was fully committed by dying for us. Let me just read Romans 5, 8. God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
2: Yeah, this, uh, I just say this first, Romans 5 is, it is a passage that a lot of people know, Um, and it's actually 10 years ago, I got serious about scripture memory, and I wanted to start memorizing big passages of scripture, and the first thing I picked was Romans 5, 1 through 17, so I've had, and the first eight verses are the ones that have stuck with me, so I've had them hidden in my heart for a really long time. And I I just love this session, how it sets up this unit because I lived and we'll get into that as we talk about these verses, but I lived for a long time trying to be committed to Christ without really fully feeling the weight and the beauty and the wonder of his commitment to me. And it's Jesus's commitment that comes first. Our commitment is response to the, power into the extravagance of his commitment to us. And we see that in, in the first three verses and specifically in the, in the one that you just read. But I would, the, to, to me, if I were teaching this, this, this lesson, I would focus on the three words there in this first section, helpless, ungodly and sinners. Mm. While we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. And then the verse you just read, but God proves his own love for us. And while we were still sinners, this reminded me of Ephesians chapter two, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us has made us alive in Christ. So I, the significance of Christ's commitment to us and the way in which we then live committed to him starts with us understanding the fact that we are helpless, that we are broken. Like we are broken people. And I would just want to, I would want to help people to to remember we are so broken that Jesus had to die for us.
0: Okay. So Brandon, and and this is a question we have in our, in our books, uh, but I'd love to hear your answer to this. How did you come to recognize your need for Christ.
2: Yeah. So I, I'm so excited. This, this question is in this section and I think I would encourage a leader to lead out in answering the question so that you can frame how people are going to answer it. So that it doesn't idea. so that it doesn't become a either. I don't share anything time or it doesn't become a, I share all the quote unquote cool stuff I did before I was a Christian or after I was a Christian, <laughs> whatever, before I had that realization. like make it a worshipful moment. So, I mean, I came to Christ at a a super early age, but for me, that meant I just, I believed in God and I, I was convinced that hell was real and I didn't want any part of that. But for a long, long time, I worked as I lived as though I needed Jesus for my justification, but that my sanctification was up to me And, Mm, and I'd never really grasped the, I had never really grasped the significance of his commitment to me and his loving me while I was still a sinner. And so I was trying to essentially earn his love. And, uh, I didn't really, I don't believe I didn't really recognize my personal, like me individual brand and my need for Jesus until 28 years old, 29 years old. Um, I was already a pastor. Like, again, I believed it. I was passionate for the Lord and I thought I could do I thought I could do it all. I thought I could be good enough. I worked. So I worked seven days a week. I led six Bible studies, guys. Six. Wow. I started getting to preach at this this huge church in Miami. And I just remember these series of moments where the Lord was unveiling to me that I thought that I wasn't helpless, that I thought that I wasn't really a sinner practically in real life. Like I remember the first time that I preached at the main campus and it was a bunch of people and I sat down and it was like the Lord. Lord was taking away these things that I thought were going to prove my worth. Cause I sat down I thought, well, that wasn't it. Mm. And my campus was growing, but it wasn't growing fast enough. And I kept thinking there should be more. And this sounds like baby talk, but I walked this past path for years until I was super depressed and, uh, seeing a counselor and, and just realizing, realizing my weakness. And like I said, that was in, this is one of the passages that the Lord used to open my eyes to his commitment for me. I just remember reading when I was, okay, the, the preaching, you know, I, I had a I had a approval idolatry. The way I work for God and the way other people perceive my worth is never going to satisfy me. It's never going to validate me while I was helpless, while I was a sinner, while I was broken, while I was ungodly. Jesus loved for me. And so what I said earlier is we do need to recognize that we're so broken that Jesus had to die for us, but that only is bad news if Jesus was not willing to die for us. And he did. <laughs> and he did it. So then I also know and I didn't learn till I was 30 or 29 years old, I'm also so loved that Jesus himself was willing to die for me. And I think that's how I would want people telling their stories. Yes, I was broken. Jesus died for that man. Jesus died for that woman and he was committed to the grave and beyond to us and that's where you know the point Comes that we are all of these other units are going to go out of that. At our worst, Christ was fully committed to us. He brought us to God, and we live in response. Chris,
0: I am ready to issue an invitation right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that.
1: One of the things Matt uh, Carter did in writing about this is he talked about the love of God and used the the Greek term agape, which is a self giving, self sacrificing love. He references John three sixteen, and all of these things are great. Eight connecting points for our groups to talk about that great great love that god has for us i don't think that we talk about it enough and brandon thanks for reminding us that even when we talk about it a lot we don't always grasp yeah. how significant it is that god loves us so we can, much we
2: can have more gospel in our heads than in our hearts sometimes
1: yeah
0: mm, well said all right so what we're seeing here is that as christ he's, he's shown us he's fully committed The fact he died for us. But it's also, as we continue reading on, there's the idea that he was fully committed to reconcile us to God. Let me just read. uh, Let me read verses 10 and 11. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation.
1: Wow. So I think reconciliation is a, is a key word um, in this portion of, of the passage. And one of the questions that we ask uh, in, in the senior adult study is, how would you explain this, this reconciliation uh, to God with somebody who's an unbeliever? Uh, how would you help people understand our need or someone's need to be reconciled to God?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a, it is a theological term. I mean, I know we use it. We don't use it necessarily in everyday life. Um, People talk about their marriages getting reconciled, but usually there's the idea that there's two parties that are at odds uh, and, and they have to be reconciled. There's nothing that God needs to do to be reconciled to us we're the ones who have to be reconciled and as we see we can't do it uh it's uh it's all on christ it's thankfully it's all on christ he is the one who reconciled brings us back into that right relationship with god
2: there's a line in uh that third point in that section uh, at the heart of the gospel we see God reaching out to reconcile us to himself the greatest joy and contentment we can experience is in a personal relationship with the one who created us and that uh, jumped out to me because sometimes I think we can have a a tendency to forget that God is the end in itself of all this that our relationship with God is what this is all about Um, Christ's commitment to us doesn't just teach us how to have the right thoughts Mm. it's it's, it's so that we can have the, the right relationship. We allow the goodness of, of the work of Christ to actually lead us into a friendship with God. And I found a, a, myself and, and a lot of the people that I am in community with, we can have a tendency to stop short where we, where we think the right things, but we don't go all the way through those thoughts into actual relationship with God, into actual the, rec, the reconciling of the relationship. That's what it's all about. That we actually get to enjoy Him, not just think the right thoughts about Him.
1: Do you guys think that, that this helpful. is a struggle in the church today with individuals that, that that emphasis on a personal relationship with God is not maybe uh, talked about enough, or uh, we don't help people to to get at that or to to live within that relationship? I think for what you just said, Brandon, that that seems to be a disconnect. It, you think that's the case in most of our groups today?
0: I do. Uh, and and it's, it's talking as Baptists as we are, we do emphasize a relationship with Jesus. But what that tends to mean in so many people's minds is getting saved—that yes. that moment exactly. of salvation, which is important. But it's that idea that uh, I I was saved, but I am being saved. But that's all because of that relationship. Yeah. Um, Brandon, one of the things that we Chris and I are really conscious of as we develop studies we don't want them just to be a good moralistic do yeah. this and you'll be a good person. Uh, and, and sometimes you can take a passage by itself and you almost make it say that if you take it out of the full context of scripture,
2: yeah,
0: uh, it's not just, we need to be good. We just need to be good people, you know, be, yeah. be nice to your neighbor, be kind to dogs. Uh, <laughs> it's that relationship. You're right. It's that's, that's, uh, we've got to give that a stronger emphasis.
2: John Piper has a book called God is the gospel, the good news. God <laughs> yeah. is the good news. That's what you get in God. That's the good news. That's the joy we were made for. So I like that, that we highlighted that here. Yeah.
0: Well, you get into the next section. This is Romans five. Uh, we'll look at verse 12, but we'll also look at uh, toward the end of the chapter. As we've seen, he's, he's reconciled us to the father. We're also seeing that Christ is fully committed to give us eternal life. Let me just read verse 18. So then, as, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. And then in 21, he says, so then just as sin reigned in death. So also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in
1: eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then verse 12 says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin to this uh, in this way, death spread to all people because all sin. So we we have no difficulty in our circles talking about the reality that sin, sin is a reality and that all people have sinned. Um, uh, Paul is making the point here that it, it all started with Adam and, and his disobedience and his sin. And because of that, we do. It's just a part of who we are. It's part of our nature. Then he 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 shows that Jesus turns that. Through Jesus, we have hope. Through Jesus, we can have uh, our sins forgiven. Through Jesus, we can have eternal life. And and uh, it's an amazing amazing play from going from from because of one man this happened. Because of one man, uh, all that the all that Adam did has been made right, that, that we can be in a right relationship with God, we can be justified, our lives can change forever, we can have eternal life because of what Jesus did.
0: And, and Chris, where I, I hear so many people talk about eternal life, it tends to be about, you know, the old term, in the sweet by and by, we're talking about heaven, well, when I die, I have eternal life, and it's like it's something out there, but this is eternal life for now. This is, not just uh, how do I say this quantity of life time it's the quality of our life and it's something that we have now because of Jesus
1: Christ good word good word I think I think uh, Brent we, talk, we talked in kind of the break time that uh, uh, it's so strong in the beginning it's just like it's uh, important as all of these words it feels anticlimactic uh, to get to this place, after we've talked about God's great love for us and 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 that He died for us, even while we were yet sinners, uh, this
2: is and, where we get it forever. This is where we a, keep it forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is like the. But wait, there's more. <laughs> that's right. <Even. laughs>
2: and that's good
1: news. It is too, isn't it? It's good news. Good word. Well, this is going to this kicks off a very strong study for us on all in we we will we will we will transition from this point where we have seen how god is all in in his love for us to the point that jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we could have eternal life so that we could be in a right relationship with him Uh, but the next six weeks we're going to talk about the things that the expectations that god has for us for us to be committed in committed to him so that we show that we are all in in this relationship so we'll talk about the bible we'll talk about the church uh we'll talk about a lot of different things uh so it's a very strong discipleship uh study it's a very strong uh focus uh for us in 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 great deep biblical new testament teachers teachings for followers of christ so i'm looking forward to the study Brandon sure. thanks for being a part of this today I right. um, appreciate you sharing your testimony and your word we yeah. want to thank the people who are listening uh, you all are the reason why we do this we're excited about this study and hope that you are too and look forward to seeing what God's going to do through this study uh, we want to talk about some uh, to our leaders for just a moment to, to share with you some resources that are available and then I'm going to I want to circle back around to talk about an element of this lesson that's really important for you to know about it as a leader going into this week.
0: Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, Brandon, when you started this, you talked about how rich Romans 5 was. And it is, it is a meaty passage. There is a lot that we could be talking about this. We just don't have time to get into. But uh, for leaders, let me just let you know, there are some additional resources. If you want to dig a little more on a passage like this, it's, uh, we have two books. One's called Advanced Bible Study. The other is called Herschel Hobbes Commentary. Both of these commentaries are just, it's a straight commentary, but it's on these exact same passages. It has the same point, the same emphases. Uh, and we offer those for those teachers. And we have a lot of group members that want to do this too. They just want to, they want to go even deeper into the scripture. Uh, I, the commentary that we provide in your leader guide, I think is strong. But if you want some more, just consider Advanced Bible Study and Herschel Hobbes Commentary. What's the difference in these two? Simply this, Advanced Bible Study is built around the CSB translation. Herschel Hobbes Commentary is built around the King James Translation. So that's, that's the, in, in the simplest way of saying it, that's the key difference in those. But anyway, go online, lifeway.com, and, and uh, you can check those out, Advanced Bible Study and Herschel Hobbes Commentary. Now, Chris, talk to us for a moment about something significant about this particular session.
1: Well, Lynn and I and the, the, the rest of our editorial team work together. Together uh, to develop outlines for the Bible studies that we do, and we are intentional to to highlight one of the studies as an evangelistic uh, study where we are intentional to point the leaders and people in the group uh, to a need for Christ now this is uh, interesting for me because uh, in in the past several weeks, I got a letter from a from a teacher who said, "Why are you all talking about this 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 um, our class is made up of believers. You're supposed to be writing to believers, so why are you talking like there are people in our group who aren't Christians? Well, in her group, that's probably the case. But we uh, are intentional to say that we understand that there are there are people who come to Bible study uh, who aren't believers. They they come with their spouse or they're searching um, that who haven't made a commitment to Christ. Maybe don't understand. Maybe are new. Christianity. So we every six weeks we want to have one lesson that directs uh the 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 leader to an understanding that this is an opportunity to talk about evangelism, to point people to the need for a saving relationship with Christ. And this lesson obviously does that very it just very naturally. Uh the those first three verses make it really, really clear that God loves us, that we need Him, that we are helpless. we were enemies. We were, uh, we had. We were without hope, but God demonstrated His love toward us, and then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, so that's good news, and it's really easy to make that transition to evangelism. So, sure. we want to say to our group uh, leaders and to you who are listening, we are not assuming that everybody in your group is a is a Christian, and we want to be sure to help you to point people uh, to the their need for Jesus. One of the ways that we do that in our material is that at the front and the the cover page when when you open the book uh the the next page is always always has um a way to talk about how to share with someone how to become a christian
0: right and and Chris in the our personal study guides or the daily disciples guide that same inside front cover there it's uh it's written to the group member to tell them about what it means to have a faith in Christ. And it's always, t- it's uh, in this particular issue, it is tied specifically to this Bible study. So it's a good thing to point your group, your, uh, group members to.
2: Brandon, Thanks, you got Chris. anything else for us? Uh, no, but I, mean, I was gonna, yeah, I would say I'd like to lift up the, one of the live it outs. It just really stuck out to me. There's a, if you guys get a chance to encourage your group to do the listing exercise. I think that that type of stuff is really really strong and it's it's it will naturally lead them to the share one for sure but it it flows out of the reflecting on on the brokenness god has brought you out of but it's what it's going to do is an, it's going to install a filter for how you see the world that week if you've made some notes about how the the Lord might help you to live differently as a result of his commitment to you and as a result of you experiencing his love for you. So, so I've, i here, found that kind of stuff to be really helpful.
0: What it says here is just to, to pray and reflect on Christ's commitment to you and then ask yourself, how am I living in light of Jesus's great commitment to me? That's good. You know, just make a list of uh, those, those ways you, you can live differently because of Christ's commitment. Thanks for pointing that out, uh,
1: Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for being with us. It's always fun to talk. Appreciate your energy and enthusiasm and excitement. Uh, thank you, Lynn, You're just a tired old guy, but you even got <laughs> got excited about this. one. I was glad to see that, glad That's to hear right. that. Thanks, hey, We want to thank you who are listening to this podcast. We do this for you. We hope that you enjoy this and that it's helpful to you. And if if it is. Um, share it with somebody tell somebody else that they they need to listen to this podcast as well and we look forward to being with you next week